Welcome to the Valley View Friends Church Sunday Morning Podcast. Thank you for joining us, and if you want to learn more about our church, look us up on Facebook or our website at valleyviewfriendschurch.org. Well, today, June 7th, is our first Sunday back together as Valley View Congregation. Things look a little different. We're gathering in two worship services, one at 9.30 a.m. and one at 11 a.m., And we're working hard to have social distancing and cleaning between the services, but we're so glad to be back together and worshiping. I want to encourage you, if you're listening to the podcast and you want to attend on Sunday mornings, we're setting up a registration for services. We have about a 35-person limit for each service, so we've set up uh, a registration service that you can find on our church website or Facebook page to set up a time that you want to come and worship at our church. Well, I want to begin our time together this morning with a time of prayer for our nation. I want to encourage you to pray for our leaders, that they would wisely lead toward unity, that they would carry out God's will for all people. I want you to pray for those who are in, who are in fear or wronged. Pray for their safety, for peace of mind, and for those living in situations of constant stress. Pray for peace and for grace. Seems like we're having trouble listening to one another anymore. We need that. We need peace and grace for one another. And pray for the church, that the church would lead the way of reconciliation by the power of King Jesus. I would offer this prayer for our nation and for people. O God, you have made us in your own image, and you've redeemed us through your Son, Jesus Christ. Look with compassion on the whole human family. Take away the arrogance and the hatred which infect our hearts. Break down the walls that separate us. Unite us in bonds of love and work through our struggle and confusion to accomplish your purposes on earth, that in your good time all nations and races may serve you in harmony around your heavenly throne. Through Jesus Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. Water is a powerful force that brings us life and can also bring us fear. The first time I experienced the ocean was as a young teenager. My my parents and I had gone on a family trip to the Outer Banks of North Carolina. I remember standing on the ocean, seeing it for the first time. And seeing the ocean was more of a feeling than just using my eyes to see a bunch of water. It was immense and powerful. I remember playing in the surf, letting the waves push and pull me around. I was caught off guard the first time a wave grabbed me and tumbled me under. I was spinning in a somersault, head over heels, and my shoulders were pushed into the ocean floor by the weight of the water. I was stuck under that water there, and there was nothing I could do but wait for the wave to pass. It was a small wave, and only took a moment or two to do its thing, but I'll never forget the feeling that the wave was in control and that I wasn't. It was a a little wave, and... It was truly small and passed in a moment, but there was very little I could do under the weight of that wave. After it passed, I gathered my thoughts, standing on the shore, and I jumped back in to enjoy the next wave. Ocean waves were a new experience for me, but so was another effect of the water. I played in the waves all day, And at the end, I was thirsty. Here in Ohio, you don't necessarily drink the water that you're swimming in. Not always a good idea, but it does happen. Here, the water is fresh. 
The ocean, as you know, is salt water, and, and I knew that, but I didn't realize how thirsty I would feel. I needed fresh water. I was covered in salt. I remember standing on the beach at the end of the day, feeling salt all over me, a dryness around my eyelids and on my lips. I expected sand, the feel of the grit, but I did not realize how the salt would make me feel. It left me thirsty. A tall glass of water at the end of the day was what I needed. We humans were built to need water. Without it, we thirst, we dry out, we crack, we perish. We need physical water. It refreshes us. It brings relief when we are hot and thirsty. A drink of water is a good picture for describing what is good and life-giving and a thirst for what is bad and destructive to us. Our text this week comes from the Gospel of John. And rather than read the whole encounter that Jesus has with the Samaritan woman at the well, I want to focus in on Jesus' declaration that he is the source of the water of life. Jesus gives the woman a choice and gives you and me a choice. We can drink the water that this world offers and be thirsty again, or we can drink the water that Jesus offers and never suffer from thirst anymore. And I saw on Facebook this week uh, a funny little picture. Maybe you won't find it funny. It struck me. Uh, it was just text, a couple of sentences, and it was a question that said, if the year 2020 was a drink, what would it be? That's an interesting thing to ponder. What drink would 2020 be? And then it gave an answer. 2020, if it was a drink, would be colonoscopy preparation. Phew. I know that's a thought you probably don't want to have, and if you don't know what that is, you're lucky. Uh, but this year is a year like no other that any of us were ever planning for. Regardless of your feelings about any of the events or issues of this year and what we've had to contend with, this year served as a reminder of our thirst. This year has laid bare all the earthly wells that we drink from. This year has shown us that we need something more. Everyone in our world is thirsty, and perhaps 2020 is the year that you finally felt parched in your soul. Your thirst has been so great that you felt in danger of your thirst. If you find yourself frustrated in the times you live in, if you are feeling an unquenchable thirst, a spiritual thirst, you are being shown the depth of your thirst and the inadequacy of all the sources you drink from. Satisfaction can only be found in Jesus. Will you receive from him the waters that he gives? Church, you who follow Jesus, you are on a mission to relieve thirst. The year 2020 has served to, as a wake-up call for us. This world is full of thirsty people. They have drunk deeply from temporary solutions, but the wells have run dry. They're thirsty again. So I want to read just a few verses from the story that is often called the woman at the well from the Gospel of John chapter 4. But I want to give a little background here. Because Jesus has been ministering in Judea alongside John the Baptist. And the Pharisees, well, they're a part of the religious authorities of the time and they're getting upset with Jesus. So Jesus decides to leave Judea and head back to Galilee in the north. Now to get to Galilee, you have to go through the land of Samaria. This is a population of, of half-Jewish people 
who are viewed as traitors to Israel. They are now considered a separate people, and it is unthinkable to walk through their land. To avoid walking in Samaria, a Jewish person would cross over the Jordan River. Instead of going north, they'd cross over to the, west, to the east, uh, over the Jordan River, and walk through a place called the Decapolis. It's a center of Greek culture. It's actually a pagan culture. Now, soak that in for a minute. Samaritans were so looked down upon by the Jewish people that Jewish travelers would rather walk through a pagan land than walk through the Samaritan land. Jesus, of course, decides to walk right through Samaria. He and his disciples find themselves in the town of Sychar. It's about noon, and the disciples left Jesus alone at the well of Jacob, and they went in search of food. Now out comes a woman, alone. She has come to get water from the well. Without getting too deep into the story, you can sense the barriers this woman feels. She is a Samaritan, and Jesus is Jewish. They're not supposed to talk to each other. She is a woman. Jesus is a man. They're not supposed to talk to each other. She has come to the well alone. She has avoided the time when the other woman would come to get water. Something about this woman's life has brought her great shame. She's not supposed to talk to others. She doesn't want to. She's afraid and ashamed. Jesus has a conversation with this woman. And they have a conversation that's played out very often today. They talk about religion and how religion mixes with politics. They talk about two sides of an argument and debate which side is right. Jesus ultimately challenges the woman to face her sin that she's living with a man that is not her husband. Today, if you have any of these sorts of conversations, you won't have much luck. If you think I don't know, I've seen what gets put on Facebook. Talk about a bad source of water. Don't ever try to quench your spiritual thirst on social media. Disagreement today seldom leads to a healing conversation. I propose that many of us are trying to dialogue about our spiritual thirst. We're all caught up in the wave of 2020. Our lips are salty and dry. But until you and I stop drinking from the water our society offers, offers and start receiving the water of life from Jesus, we will remain thirsty and we will be unable to have a healthy conversation and will only become more and more frustrated. So I want to read these two verses from the story of the woman at the well, from John chapter 4, verses 13 and 14. Jesus answered her, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So I want to talk about this water, our thirst. Jesus says, whoever drinks this water will thirst again. Jesus is speaking simply of the well in the village of Sychar, Jacob's well, a real place holding real water for survival. The Samaritan woman had come to get it, but she was marked by spiritual thirst. She was an outcast in her town. She was an outcast as a Samaritan. She knows shame more than she does comfort. She is thirsty, literally for water, but at a much deeper level, she is thirsty for peace, forgiveness, release from the stress of her life, release from shame, release from the onlookers who always see her as different and untouchable. This, spirit, this is spiritual thirst, and we all know this thirst, though we cannot always identify it. Each of us bear the sin nature in us, and that sin nature makes us thirst. Nothing 
the sin nature offers is like the water of life. Even at our best, the greatest of human intentions and the greatest of human kindness, these are all like a cool glass of water on a hot day. The glass will run out, it'll run dry, and then another hot day will come and we will thirst again. Jesus says he offers a water, living water, that will lead to eternal life. I want to share with you a verse from the prophet Jeremiah. God is speaking to Jeremiah to tell him what his ministry will be. Jeremiah 2.13 says, My people, God is speaking here, he says, My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spirit of living water, and they have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. We have a habit of trying to drink, to dig and to drink from our own wells. The problem is we're not very good well diggers. Our wells take the shape of our accomplishments, our successes, our families, our children, our work. You name it and we turn it into a well to try to quench our thirst. Betsy and I used to have a little dog, a pug, called Maggie. She was 20 pounds of wrinkly glory. We loved that dog and she had a ton of wonderful things about her, but she also had a ton of bad habits. And one of the worst things she did is she loved to eat trash. Every time we left the house, that little dog would run into the kitchen and throw herself at the trash can. She would knock over the trash can and spread its contents throughout the entire first floor of the house. We hated it when she did this. More than a few times, Maggie would make herself sick from something she ate out of the trash. We always fed her good dog food. We always felt fed her something that was healthy. We gave her table scraps. Probably shouldn't have done that. Maybe that's why she got into the trash can. But... We figure she, she, she had more than enough healthy food to eat, but her little puggy brain was fixated on that trash can. We suspected that when we left the house that that dog would get anxious and panic, and the trash can was her way of having some sort of control. I'm going to do this, and it's going to be mine, and it's going to satisfy me. She drank from her own well. I think we do the same thing when we face stress. We go to the poor sources of water, in our lives out of habit. If you are tired of the unending thirst, the parched feeling of life, stop drinking from unholy sources. Some of us are addicted to good intentions, good intended wells that we think we need. But if you put anything in the place of Jesus, it runs the risk of becoming a good intentioned well that will deceive you with temporary water. Jesus tells us that he is the living water. It comes from him and nowhere else. John chapter 6, verse 35, Jesus says this. He declares, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Now, I know Jesus is mixing his pictures here a little, but he still talks about quenching our thirst. I think there might be something to the two steps of John 6:35. First, he says, whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Perhaps Coming to Jesus is the courage we need to seek Jesus. Having that moment where we say, you know, I'm going to find out who this Jesus is. I'm going to come to him. I'm going to go and see him. And, he feed, and then he feeds us so we're not hungry. And then secondly, he says, whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Here, the work of belief or faith leads us to the relief of the water of eternal life. In John chapter 7, verses 38, 37 through 38, we hear these words. 
On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow within them. The book of Revelation, chapter 21, verse 6, says this, He said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. This year, this year that we're in right now, has exposed the spiritual thirst of humanity, of each of us. You can choose to go back to your usual wells, or you can seek Jesus, and he can give you water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Believe in him. Believe in Jesus. Confess your sin to him and receive him as your Lord and Savior. Then he will quench your thirst and the water of life he will give to you and you will never thirst again. Where are you getting your water from? That's an important question to answer. It cannot be anywhere but Jesus. I want to turn and talk about the mission of the church because the mission of the church is tied so closely to the water of life. Christ is the water of life. This Sunday for many congregations is called Trinity Sunday, a day where we give thanks for all that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit have done to save us from our sins. And I was just looking at some of the recommended scripture passages for Trinity Sunday, and I was quickly pointed to Matthew 28, 18 through 20. We call this the Great Commission. And it reads like this. Then Jesus came to them, that's his disciples, and said, All authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Without getting into the passage, I just want to point out that the word baptize is in this passage. To dip in water, to drench. There is that water image again. Jesus is commanding his disciples to go all over the earth and make disciples, more disciples. He brings up water. Yes, it is baptism, but he's also reminding us that this world is thirsty. And it will only find relief when it is drenched in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I'm not sure the church has always done a good job of drenching the world in the living water of the name of Jesus. One final scripture passage I want to read is from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 18 through 20. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us, please listen to this, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, and through and though as though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God is reconciling the world to himself, and he has given us, the church, the ministry of reconciliation. As long as there is spiritual thirst, there is a ministry of reconciliation that we must carry out. So whenever you see anger and frustration about politics, that's a sign of spiritual thirst. Whenever you see anger or fear over COVID-19, that's a sign of spiritual thirst. Whenever you see anger or fear or any other sign over race, 
That's a symbol, a sign, a reminder of our spiritual thirst. Our leaders here on this earth can offer solutions to the problems of our nation, but only the church has the ministry of reconciliation. Only the church has the solution to spiritual thirst. And so the ministry of reconciliation still stands. Church, we must dip into the well of Christ and carry living water to those who are dying of thirst. Will you be a part of the ministry of reconciliation? Let us pray. Lord, my prayer today is a simple one. I am thirsty. Keep me from the unholy wells that leave me thirsty again, and let me drink the living waters that Christ gives. I can see a world under the weight of so much turmoil. Everybody's thirsty. Help your church to be faithful in that ministry of reconciliation. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Go with Jesus.